Hello, dears. Welcome to the New Story Podcast. With me, holistic practitioner, energy worker, Rebecca Conran. And uh, today is a special day in numerology. Just pulling up my notes here. It is a special 11-11 day, November the 11th. And today I want to kind of broach some of the subjects of beliefs, illusion, conspiracy, and kind of how they all relate to every single one of us and our spiritual awakening. So let's just begin by talking about the numbers 1111 and their significance symbolically. Um, I think that 1111 is any series of numbers that you see over and over again, of course, it's going to become significant to us and given the meaning that we give to it as well. Certain numbers may really feel stronger for us than others. Um, I used to have that kind of an opinion when I would see the number 666, (laughs) I would immediately, uh, become very um, stressed out, I think, by the notion of those numbers until I realized what a powerful number six really is and what a beautiful and abundant number six is. And six three times is a creative number. And so I began to kind of see it with different eyes instead of the eyes of my fear and maybe some of those old witness, Jehovah's Witness beliefs of uh, Satan was looking over my shoulder. Um, I started to really just think of it in terms of this has the meaning that I'm going to give it. Anything that I'm observing and experiencing has the meaning that I'm going to give it. Uh, based on my perspective, my life experience, what I'm seeing. And there's a lot of power in that. There's a lot of power in that because then you get to take charge of what lives in the psych- in your psychological nature, what lives down in the crevices. Is it fear? Is it Satan lurking over my shoulder at any minute, going to get me to do bad or harm me? Or is it just a series of numbers that maybe, if I really tune into their vibration, can bring me a lot of abundance or empowerment or an experience of positive karma? So 1111, much like any series of numbers, has uh, a symbolic collective meaning. And then it has the meaning that each of us put on it. I have a friend and we always text each other at 1111. And so a lot of times I think of 1111 in terms of friendship and also my partner, my partner texts me a lot at 1111. And so I get a really good feeling about 1111 because I think about people that I love. 1111, however, to me, and you may have heard me say this before on the podcast, is very much a call to action. And that action is really awareness. So it's a call to awareness. 1111 says, what are the thoughts you are thinking this very moment? Because your thoughts 
are what is creating your experience. So it's very powerful, right? It's not a positive or negative number. It is more uh, that it is something that asks us to stop and think and to place the ball back in our own court. The power is in our court, is in our hands of what we are going to do with our own lives and our own experience from moment to moment. And again, this is not going to be a podcast about positive thinking. It's not going to be a podcast about how bad things don't happen to spiritual people. Difficult things happen to all of us. Painful things happen to all of us, no matter how good we are and no matter how spiritual we are. But there are ways that we can alleviate a lot of the additional stressors that we bring into the picture, a lot of the fear that we bring into the picture, and the victim mindset, and a lot of the artificial narrative that we bring into the picture that is basically rhetoric that has been uh, taught to us and um, through repetition, Repetition in the media, repetition in school, repetition in our relationships, repetition, 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 until we start to experience some of these um, stories, really just stories, fantastical stories, as if they're reality. I want you to also tune into your reality for a moment. And by doing so, I want you to just be in your body. Just feel your feet on the floor right now. Push them into the ground. Spread your toes. What's going on with your feet? Are there any sore spots? Touch your feet. Maybe you rub the tops of your feet. Oh wow, I got a little bit of a sore, a little sore spot here. Or oh yeah, my ankle is kind of, makes a little cracking noise there. Or, ooh, that feels good to mush my toes up and then spread them out. So just push your feet into the floor for a moment. That's being truly present. You're just being your body. You're being you. You're being in the moment that you are living right now. And the simplicity of life is really just allowing ourselves to be that body, to experience this body, where you're sitting, where you are, experiencing the air around you, experiencing listening to my voice, experiencing just being alive. And when we do that, it's incredibly freeing because we're not thinking about the argument we had yesterday, or the bill we got to pay next week, we're simply being alive. And that's what real presence is. So we're just beginning with this because we just want to ground into our bodies for a moment. In this moment, we have the privilege of being with one another, even though I'm recording this before you're going to listen to it, I'm there with you. And I'm thinking about you as I record this. I think about where my my, uh, listeners and clients are, what they're doing, and we're together in this experience. 
even though right now I'm time traveling. <laughs> Just joking. I'm not trying to uh, bring any more concepts into this already full of concepts podcast today. So just be grounded, be present for a moment. What's going on in your actual immediate life right now? You're probably sitting or driving in a car or maybe you're typing on a computer, whatever you're doing. And then here I am as well, and I'm connecting in with you. And in this very moment, we're just existing. And we're just experiencing that existence without having to do anything. We're just being present. We're tuning into how the body is breathing, how the body is feeling. Just enjoy a simple moment. And then our little brains come in (laughs) and they start going, yeah, but also what I'm really feeling is I'm feeling a sensation and that sensation is bad and that sensation has this meaning to it. And you know where this sensation came from? Because my mom didn't love me enough. And also because I had that experience where that person bullied me And then also I got in that car accident and that was scary and that really shook up my sense of safety. And then all of a sudden we have this entire narrative about why we have the right or the not not having the right to live in peace, to live with presence. So what I'm trying to say to you here is when we are grounded and we're present, we're not in those narratives of what we've experienced and why we've experienced it. And it's so important to find those pockets. Everything is not full of all of this information that we have. Some things are just meant to be um, experienced in terms of our senses and not our mind. So 1111 really teaches us that our mind is really interrupting the flow of our senses because when we were just experiencing being present to one another, that was like a nice breath of fresh air. Well, there was nothing bad going on. Well, I was just living. I was just breathing. I was just experiencing. And then all of a sudden the mind comes in with all of its, what it thinks are genius ideas And all of a sudden, we're living in a heightened sense of fear and a heightened sense of stress. And our bodies aren't functioning as well. And uh, we we need a glass of wine or we need a cup of coffee or we need something to help uh, deal with the way that we're feeling. And then we're on a cycle that is a perpetuation of the stress. So... Today, 11.11, the learning is really in being present. Um, And it also is to do with what is underneath, right? But not what's the long-winded story of how you 
found pain and found suffering and found joy again or whatever. It's nothing to do with that. 1111 is about being present in the moment to what you're choosing and how it affects what you create. So the astrology today is definitely activating some places in us where we need to look at our intrinsic beliefs about ourselves and our lives, the meaning that we place upon life. Um, is life inherently good? Is it inherently just suffering? Um, what is your take on it? You know, is it a wondrous and curious thing to be revered or is it just a terrible, uh, is it just one bad thing after another and then you die? Right. And sometimes I think that it's both <laughs> and neither. And I think it's important to also allow yourself to experience the full gamut of beliefs and of your illusions so that you can actually find reality for yourself, your reality, your truth. Today we've got the sun in Scorpio squaring Saturn in Aquarius. So our identity is very wrapped up right now in our vulnerabilities and we're feeling extremely limited and uh, we're like our freedom is feeling limited and um we're feeling that things are being withheld from us uh, through the Saturn and Aquarius energy. It's, it's creating this tension of, I just feel a bit restricted to really digging in deep to allowing my identity to just be truly myself, to be truly intimate, to be truly vulnerable, which are all of those uh, qualities that Scorpio is trying to get to the bottom of. The moon is conjunct Mars, which is retrograde. So they're both in the sign of Gemini. So we're feeling maybe that life isn't for acting upon right now. And that's really hard to do if we get a lot of our sense of value and a lot of our sense of self-esteem from the act of doing and achieving. Well, right now is really hard lessons for us because this is not the time for that. This is the time for resting, for um, really... Uh, being very pragmatic about what has importance in our life and it's about putting the most important things first in our life. The moon is also square Jupiter in Pisces, which is also retrograde. Good news though, uh, by the end of the month, Jupiter will be direct. But the moon and Gemini squaring Jupiter in Pisces, our mind is probably so lit up with... Um, how we're unlucky or how um, we are stuck spiritually or we're disconnected from a feeling of wholeness and completeness and unconditional love. And we've also got Venus in Scorpio in the mix, making some transits with Mars. And our deepest fears and vulnerabilities about our worth and our value are really poking their little head out. And so what do all these things start to do? Well, they start to become thoughts in our head that we believe are truths or that we act as if are truths. And then from that stems the creation of our life, which stunts us from getting what we truly deserve because we're only getting what we believe. So let me repeat that one more time. And, and I'm sure you've heard me say this many times, and this is probably repetition for all of you anyway. We don't get what we want. 
we get what we believe. So if we struggle with beliefs that are rooted in fears um, and in victimization, then we find that we create from that place. And our motivations for our actions are based on not empowerment, on disempowerment. And so we get what we believe because we're, we're, we're seeing out pictured in the world, our intrinsic beliefs about ourselves. uh, the frequency that we hold about ourselves is being matched by the world around us. And it's not a system of punishment or reward. It just simply is that we have a certain frequency and a vibration about how our energy moves. And that is a, a match or not a match for different kinds of energy, right? So when we, are, when we say we get what we believe and not what we want, what we're really saying is look at your inner state about yourself. Look at those repeat messages that you hold about yourself. And in that, you will see um, the root of creation in your life. And to change that, you have to really become a huge fucking fan of yourself. A huge fan of yourself. It's so easy to drag your ass down all the time and not one person and not one animal or creature on this earth responds well to that. Everybody responds well to um, a positive shift, a positive reinforcement, encouragement and love. If we had beings in this world, especially children in this world, that felt attended to, their needs were met, they were spoken to, they were considered, they were cared for, then we would have adults who perpetuated that belief system. And yet we don't. We have violence and we have a lot of very painful situations in our experience because we have so many children who have been neglected, and who have been harmed. And all of this has come from not an intention of harm, but a uh, culture of lack of responsibility for oneself. And of course, we can't talk about lack of responsibility without talking about religion, because religion really does teach us to have a lack of responsibility. It's like it teaches us that God is our creator, God is the one creating. And this is across the board, many religions. I don't want to lump them all in. But across the board, it teaches um, that there are uh, benevolent forces that are calling the shots, and we just sort of have to do whatever we're told, um, and they will be the the benefactors of our happiness. Or we're told that, um, you know, there are... uh, evil energies that it, that exist with evil intentions and they may be the ones pulling the strings behind uh <laughs> behind the you know the screen and not that it is actually our own nature that needs to be looked at and harnessed and taken seriously um 
even though I was raised believing that Satan was always going to be pushing me into the dark side, it was my choice to take my pain and try to solve it with drugs and sex and, and whatever kind of, you know, um, shitty behaviors that I experienced uh, across the board or the ways that I acted that were that were in what I would say now shitty ways. Um, and as you grow and what as you become wise, and I think what wisdom really is, is it's knowing that the responsibility for happiness and for suffering, it lies squarely on your shoulders. Um, we are the savior that we've all been looking for. We are God and we are Satan. <laughs> if those are the only binary dynamics that we're choosing from, obviously there's so many other uh, nuances to life and the experience that we have. So we live in a system where people don't want to take responsibility for themselves. Um, and it's easier to blame somebody else for the pain that we feel than to actually sit sometimes with the humility and humiliation of being a fucking dumbass <laughs> and a piece of shit sometimes. Um, and yet we all are, we are all capable of it and we've all been it, but that's not the only qualities we have. We also all have been wonderful friends, wonderful lovers, wonderful companions. We run the gamut of this entire like emotional, mental, physical experience. And sometimes we are the most loving beings and the most conscious and careful beings. And sometimes we're not. And it doesn't speak to our value and our worthiness that we may be struggling with wisdom. Um, and as you get wiser, you start to see the illusions around you, the illusions that you hold about yourself, the lies you hold about yourself and others, the blame you place, the projections. And you become more empowered by staying in your choice and just choosing what will feel right and good and peaceful to you in the moment. And it takes a lot of work to get there. It's taken me a lot of work to get there. And I still don't have it when I'm driving. <laughs> when I'm driving, you may get the middle finger from me. I'm definitely going to be impatient sometimes and yelling motherfucker out the window. Um... But I mean, I'm not a road ragey person, but um, I'm just saying that there are those, ele those there, there are those things that will also still push your button as wise as you might think you are. You'll still feel your buttons being pushed. But on a whole, as you grow in your spiritual wisdom, you become more peaceful by, by your conscious awareness and your conscious choice because you know that the buck begins and ends with you. And that feels really good. So I feel compelled to speak about illusion and conspiracy because they're definitely part of my personal experience and especially my spiritual experience. And I see that mirrored a lot 
in the world outside of me. Many folks were really nervous about these midterm elections in the U.S. A um, little background on me. I can't vote in the U.S. because I'm an immigrant. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I'm not... Um, I'm not, it's, and I can't not vote because I'm an immigrant. I can't vote because I'm not a U.S. citizen. But anyway, even if I could vote, I would not consider myself aligned with the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. Certainly not the Republican Party. Obviously, for many obvious reasons, I wouldn't consider myself aligned with them. But I also don't consider myself aligned with the Democratic Party. I don't see the Democratic Party as a whole doing anything to help people in their everyday lives. Um, one example, the fact that oil per, um, per, uh, what do you call it? Drum or whatever oil drum, uh, is the same price now as it was in 2010. And yet the price of oil is so high. The fact that government is not stopping these companies from making fucking windfall profits. You know, we saw President Trump in office signing off on whatever the fuck he wanted to. So the fact that the American people are being taken advantage of by corporate greed, um, I think that speaks a lot to really the demographic of the Democratic Party, that it is a corporate party. Um, But I'm also not here to talk about politics because... That's part of the illusion that we're living in is that these things are the only ways to achieve um, peace and care in our environment. And also, I think when we are constantly bickering over being a Democrat or a Republican, we're actually not doing the work to be someone who is looking at more solutions than that. These can't be our only choices. We need to think outside of this two-party box now and really as a um, collective find ways to um, get rid of both these fuckers if we have to, you know. Um, But what I wanted to say is that my individual beliefs, I, I would consider myself more geared toward an independent progressive ideology than any other party. But within that are still my nuances of my individualized beliefs. I don't think I could um, put myself in any one box. And I'm sure you couldn't either. There's always going to be certain things that you want and you don't want. Of course, over a Republican vote, I'm going to vote Democrat if it means that all women are going to get the health care that they need in at this time. Uh, but my belief is that all humans are entitled to live with dignity. I would consider myself a humanist more than anything else. Living with dignity means healthy food, enough food to eat, m- plenty of food, plenty of rest, a home over your head, health care, proper access to education, proper protection as members of the society. Um, all humans are also worthy of enjoyment of life, not just the basics. People are worthy of experiencing things like pleasure and certainly being able to have the resources to do so. I would, as an individual in society, pay my taxes, which I do pay my taxes, um, in order for my neighbor to experience that dignity along with me. I have no problem with that. And that's the kind of world that I want to see out pictured. But 
We don't because we're in an intense situation with human beliefs, uh, especially in um, America right now. And I want to talk about these roles that illusion and conspiracy and these beliefs play in the act of waking up. During each period of coming alive into my conscious choice, it always started with an awareness of lies that I had been experiencing. You kind of start to experience other. You start to witness um, that everything that you thought you were perceiving as truth, that's not true. That's incorrect. You know, and you start to make sense of your life based on that um, juxtaposition. So, you know, when I was little, it was easy to notice, it was easier to notice the lies being told to me than the ones that I was telling myself, right? So when I was a child as a Jehovah's Witness, I was told Armageddon's going to come any day and I was really living within that ideology that uh, basically just preparing for the earth to be totally annihilated um, and for dead people to start being resurrected. I mean, fucking just absolutely... um, a fantastical story, (laughs) very fantastical story. And also a very terrifying story for a child to be taught, um, from birth. Um, but this ideology, this was the first thing that started to not make sense to me as a lie, right? So I, even as sheltered as I was, I wasn't allowed friends outside of my religion. I was extremely sheltered. I wasn't even basically allowed out of the house, wasn't allowed um, to listen to most music or watch TV. We didn't have, I didn't have the internet at this point. Um, I, something intrinsically told me, well, is this really right? And my family and, and the religion, uh, of Jehovah's Witness religion, they call their religion the truth. They say we're in the truth. Oh, if you don't believe in the truth. And when I was 13 years old, my I remember asking the question, don't all religions feel like their truth is the truth? And I was only 13 years old and didn't know any other truth <laughs> or any other information. But inside of me, I still had something in me that said, Well, isn't this just something that we're telling ourselves? So I began to become aware of the lies that I felt I was being told. And at 16, I I left that uh, experience. I left my family um, and everything that I had known. And also I was then subsequently shunned from everything that I had known. And so as I became became aware of the lies that I had been told, I also began to give them an undue power over me too. So these ideas, you know, in my mind, they were trying to control me. They were trying to harm me. Rather than the perspective that I hold now, um, that my parents were mentally entrapped. You know, something about their suffering had them living in, a, in an experience and an illusion that the only way to stay safe was within this narrative. Um, My parents' intention was not to cause me dire emotional harm, spiritually, psychologically. They were simply doing, sharing, and expressing what was in their ability to do, share, and express. 
the intention was not, it had no intention of, um, you know, I'm going to do this so that my daughter has lifelong trauma, right? And in some ways, I don't know, maybe it's worth worse that they were like just totally ignorant. But their perspective is based on the suffering and the entrapment of their own artificial mind, of their own narrative that they've been taught, that, that life has, uh, their suffering has placed them in this place where they don't, they can't see anything other than that. This is their experience. This is their truth. And a big part of unfolding what happens to us is to realize that a lot of the lie and the illusion and the deception also comes from us in willing others to have a sense of intention that they really don't have. You know, they're, uh, as, as abusive, the experience that I came from, my parents never had an intention to abuse me. Their intention was to live within their own truth, which was an illusion. Um, but I then perpetuate the illusion if I continue with a story of, uh, how I was victimized by the intention or whatever of my parents, when really it was always in my, um, in my power to take responsibility for my own life and to make decisions moving forward when I became conscious of my choice. And I first started to become conscious of my choice when I embarked on my, well, when I was 13 and I left my parents' religion. And then when I became really conscious in my choice, where I was really making decisions based on um, a part of me that really wanted to help and heal uh, my own psyche, was when I first embarked on my healing from drug addiction. And I had immediate success with changes in health and diet. Cause I, I pretty much knew nothing about, uh, health and diet before that. And I had struggled with eating disorders and I struggled. And because of my drug addiction, my weight fluctuated intensely. Um, my metabolism was shot and I would eat a lot of bad food. You know, like when I was eating, I would, I would eat bad food a lot of processed stuff, fast food, things like that. So obviously when I made changes in my health and my diet and I went to school for nutrition, um, I had just such immediate success with that. That was, um, really easy to make those shifts. And during this period, I also turned my attention to, um, you know, what I felt was the conspiracy to withhold helpful information from the masses And I began to edge down the road of conspiracy that really people didn't have access to health and whatnot because um, someone was trying to withhold it from the, rather than it being a conscious choice that people were making and passing on to their children. Now, it's true. There is a withholding of factual, truthful information in this world. I don't want to take away from that. That does that does exist. There is a spread of misinformation, um, because it does help further the agenda of some humans and especially capitalist aims. But ultimately 
We can sense with our bodies, our feelings, our knowing what is really truth for us. And I know this because I know this, I know how I felt when I was a child. And I know that that was a very strong feeling in me. Children know what they want and what they don't want. And what is perceived as a child being um, fussy or being shitty is really um, an empowered individual. Uh, and it's really hard to tolerate. It's very hard to tolerate in all of us, right? An empowered individual. Someone who is going to live by their own uh, rules and is, is, is not controllable. And so because it's so hard to live with that, um, we sort of try to knock that out of children too. And it's a catch 22 because nobody wants to deal with a fucking like intense three-year-old <laughs> to one, two, three to whatever, six, 18 year old, um, in their home, uh, it's so difficult, and so we create these systems of control so that we're kind of like knocking that, um, you know, intuitive sense out of people of how they really feel. I don't want to go to school. I don't feel good. I don't, you know, all these messages that we get from children um, that are them really talking to us and us maybe not really listening to what they're truly saying. And in that we created so many thousands of years of culture and humans of, um, not listening to our knowing our bodies, our feelings, not sensing what is really true for us and allowing ourselves to be lazy and irresponsible because ultimately, let's face it, it's it's a lot easier to be to act ignorant than it is to be responsible for ourselves. So when we are waking up, we we d realize how uh, many lies and how many illusions have been perpetuated. And because it hurts to take responsibility, we start to project outward and we start to look for a reason, something to blame. And if we can't find anything on earth, we start to look for things in heaven. You know, we start to look for energy beings that are to blame. We start to look for literally anything that's not simply us needing to harness our own unique power, our self, our energy, everything about us, our frequency. And, you know, I think that this is a huge part of the waking up process. When I look out into the world today, I see, um, first of all, a younger generation that is really empowered by self-care. Um, the things that I was told when I began doing what I'm doing, when I began as a health coach at first and a life coach, I, you know, a lot of my friends were like, uh, who maybe were like 10 years older than me at the time. So they'll be like in their early fifties now, they would be like, that's so stupid. That's just not, you know, that's bullshit. Good luck with that kind of sarcastic thing. They thought astrology was bullshit. I used to get a lot of comments when I, you know, I used to use social media as a way to 
talk about astrology a lot and express myself. This is pre-pandemic. Um, I got really sick of experiencing people <laughs> during the pandemic. And I thought, wow, I really don't want to be posting on social media. Um, but the truth is that people were very different, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years ago. And people, uh, and maybe they still are in some ways and they still post and, and comment, nasty comments and stuff like that about how, oh, it's all bullshit and blah, blah, blah. Um, but, um, what was my fucking point? Oh yeah. So, but what we find as time has passed is that, oh, lo and behold, healthy eating, astrology, um, self-care, taking breaks from work. It's been normalized. And sure, the pandemic helped to normalize it even more because as a group, as a collective, we all had time to really think about what we were doing and to really see the difference, right? So we, things are shifting. They are growing. And I think one of the things that we're seeing in terms of conspiracy theories and just this like almost like fanatical beliefs that certain that some people are having i think this is also a part of the waking up process and sometimes it has to get really loud all the lies um even the lies that you may be telling yourself and telling others and standing up for and whatnot it has to get really loud before something breaks through about it but i do think that we really are in this breakthrough period um there was a period of time where I could have easily uh, been sucked into really a lot of conspiracy theory that I see people that were capital six rioters believing in. And there was a period where I could have chosen yes or no, and I chose no. Um, I think about this also with different um, spiritual uh, cults that have that have come up. Um, there were definitely times when I was invited to different cults that have definitely come out as cults. Um, and in me, I sat with myself and I listened to whether it was right for me or not. And in a lot of ways, my own intuition helped me. It helped me to be, I guess, difficult. Um, a lot of people have always said I was difficult. And that difficulty has really helped me to stay out of this kind of thinking that has led me, that could have led me into a group mentality that would have caused me even more uh, dysfunction. But the dysfunction is also part of learning how to function. So no judgment there either. You know, we've all been a party to certain levels of um, ideological thinking, illusory thinking, um, even conspiracy thinking that, um, as you get older and wiser, and as you really become more present and more conscious in your choice, and you become aware that it's you calling all the shots for you, it's you designing the life that you're living you start to really become aware um, that, you know, what people need right now is compassion, that they're in a difficult place. 
um, that we're in a, it's a difficult place to be between before you are conscious of your own truth. And sometimes that truth is a, can be a big fat kick in the ass too. So it's not an easy place to be. And I see the country that we're in really struggling with that kick in the ass right now. Um, but all is not lost because if I could make changes, um, anybody could make changes. And I really believe that. I don't think there was anything special about me. Um, I mean, maybe a special amount of, of traumatic experiences maybe, but I don't think that that made me special. I don't think I was any more different than anyone else struggling, just struggling, but something in me, um, I think because my dignity was already, I had already stripped myself of my dignity so low at some point I just was like, I'll try anything differently. And it was that willingness that really came from feeling and being a feeling of being nothing, um, and a, and a rawness and a really like, uh, humbling that ended up kicking me in the ass to help me to learn how to be more responsible for myself. And that's really when the special things start to happen is when you're in your conscious thought and you get to decide how you're going to behave with someone, how you're going to behave in your life. And then those behaviors that you choose, uh, they bring you, um, peace and joy and happiness and confidence ultimately, rather than, um, bringing you feelings of shame or guilt or, or whatever they are. So the road to treating the self is long and winding. We go through phases of healing on the path to awareness as we start to register what's happened to us when we're young, how we may have fallen victim to the choices and behaviors of others. When we were at our most vulnerable and innocent, we may start to live within that narrative too, rather than allowing it to be a stepping stone of our healing where we consider what happened to us. It's not a landing place to, to then drag through the rest of our experience. You know, um, it did mold us, uh, as adults and mold our experience, but only to the point where we have to realize, okay, this happened to me when I wasn't in my conscious choice. And when I was vulnerable, I didn't know I had conscious, conscious choice. And then when we know that we have conscious choice, everything can shift in that moment because then your life becomes your own. And that's a great responsibility. And as long as we are understanding that the energy of blame is, is just an energy, whether you are blaming, um, your parents for your experience that you're having now, or whether you're a Republican blaming the Democrats or the Democrats blaming the Republicans, the blame energy, that projection, that, that release of self-power and self-responsibility is the same and it's the common thread that we share with our fellow neighbors, no matter if we are experiencing it in a slightly different narrative, the energy is the same. And so how society melded us into a form that felt safe to it rather than allowing 
for the true nature of us to be shown, um, as we discover ourselves and we discover our fears and we discover the narrative around those fears, we must look for ways to empower our own choice rather than find things to blame to like avoid our own inner discomfort. And what we're seeing in the world with people who are looking for something to blame, they have a conspiracy theory, there's an illusion, there's a lie being told. We're seeing outpictured how incredibly uncomfortable that person is with the, the truth that they need to acknowledge in their own life. And those Truths are universal truths. They're universal truths to do with our value, our worthiness, our right to exist, our um, fear of mortality, um, our right to be loved or our fear of being loved. Um, we're seeing all of that outpictured in the behaviors of others. It's not an intention to create, to, um, there's no real intention in the universe to cause harm and to do harm. There are just people who are hurt causing harm through lack of self-awareness, self-consciousness, and self-responsibility. Um, um, you know, when I see people engaging in conspiracy theories or wounded ideology or blaming or feeling victimized, I see people searching for answers and it's really kind of under the umbrella of their inherent fear of finding the answers because the truth is going to shock you, but it's not scary. You know, when you break your life and, and you break humanity down, it's actually very simple and we complicate it with our ego and our personalities um, so that we keep, we keep our ego and our personality intact so that we don't have to deal with our perceived, the perceived insignificance of life because ultimately we are just a tiny little blip in, in the world of creation. We are a tiny little blip and our life has the meaning that we experience. Um, and that's good enough. And because that hurts our ego or our personality, we try to create all of this storyline and narrative and I want to leave a legacy and blah, blah, blah about our life, complicating the simple beauty of experiencing being in your body, being the bones, the muscles, the skin, the fat, the everything that you are in this moment is an absolutely wondrous act of creation and it has every bit of the meaning that we're looking for just in and of itself so you're going to protect you or you will harm you and it will be based on your conscious choice and um you know, I think that when it comes to the 1111 energy, our beliefs, our illusions, it's okay. We're all going to have some things that we're not seeing clearly. It's okay. You know, we're all going to have times where we're in a fantasy. And sometimes it's going to be a fantasy 
that someone is taking down the government or sometimes it's going to be a fantasy that the fuck person that you're dating is going to fucking have a relationship with you when they're not. We're all in these various degrees of illusory thinking. And so the truth, our truth, is about bringing our conscious choice into the moment, moment by moment, really tuning into our bodies, our experience, our sensory experience, listening to what our inner guidance has to say above anything that our brain has to say. What does your body say? What does your senses say? Tuning into that and really knowing yourself as both creator and destructor and that both of those things are appropriate um, when they're appropriate for you. All right, I hope this wasn't too much of a mind-fucking episode, um, but I'm wishing you all a very um, clear and uplifting 1111. I hope that you take the time to really set your intentions today, become clear with your intention for your own worth and value, um, your own beliefs about yourself, not just tuning into those beliefs that have been taught to you uh, or that come from suffering and trauma, but your true beliefs. If my belief is that all humans deserve to live in dignity with periods of rest, with periods of pleasure, with meaningful work, with safety, with security, with healthy food, with a roof over their head, with, with uh, the ability to take good care of their bodies. If that's what I want for my neighbor, I definitely believe that that's what is good for me too. So start there and uh, set your beliefs and your intentions and uh, I will be back uh, my next uh, episodes. I really want to talk about a couple other topics. I want to discuss crisis, gossip, and a culture of drama. Um, and I want to talk about how intention and baseline beliefs affect our energy work and our manifestation a little bit further in terms of how we do our own energy clearing and energy work at home. And then we're going to discuss kind of the frustration <laughs> of a simple spiritual life. Um, how that can kind of become, you know, it's, it's not as appealing when we actually start to live it because <laughs> it doesn't have all that juicy drama in it. Um, anyway, I'm looking forward to connecting with you further over this next month with these different topics that are all to do with this 11 energy, which is tapping into our creative mental energy. Looking forward to connecting with you further. Again, uh, through the end of the month, I'm offering my soul astrology, my psychic energy uh, healing, and my uh, mystic life coaching sessions and packages at 45% off using the code new rates discount. Um, and that'll be linked in the show notes. So take advantage of that. That's through November, end of November. Sending lots of